7 o'clock. Thanks for joining us. Jam along with Cake today from the Bozart Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. Thanks for joining us on this Friday. It's an Apache Friday. Celebrate the start of the weekend with you. It looked grim for Fruita Monument last night. Then it didn't look grim, and then, unfortunately... It ended. It ended. Came back from 20 down. That's not nothing. They cut it to three late. And they they ended up falling last night to Eagle Crest. Joe Wells got in some foul trouble. That didn't help. No. And so Daniel Tomlinson played great last night, 18 points. The uh, Wildcats fall to Eagle Crest in the grade eight. Still an, an incredible season, 25-1 and one last night. That's, the, that's incredible. That's just a, a remarkable season. Matches what Central did in terms of wins in a season back in the 89-1990 season. And they'll have their top two scores back. They'll lose Max Orchard, their third living score to graduation. But just uh, an incredible night last night. Um, that unfortunately incredible season that uh, oh, got got it down to three with what like that minute, a little over a minute left to go in the game, something like that. Um, in that neighborhood, and um, just could not climb all the way back. And you'll hear from Michael Wells of uh, Rio Van Gilder was over calling the game last night. Did a wonderful job last night calling it, and. Um, and you'll hear that interview coming up back half of this hour of uh, from Michael Wells. About maybe staying in the zone defense a little too long. Michael saying that last night when he talked with, uh, with the Buckeye boys. So uh, we'll have that. But still, he had reasons for, for doing that. And certainly the, the 6A Barger kid had an influence on, on that decision. But uh, the Ladavian King for them. Was a tremendous player that they still held him, I think, for the majority of the game under his scoring average of 17 per game. But uh, unfortunately, uh, just could not uh, come all the way back last night uh, in in losing at the Denver Coliseum in the 6A grade 8, which is still, for all those that, oh, they didn't deserve to be the top seed. They didn't deserve it. They, they got to the grade 8. First time since the 80s. Yeah, when um team that I played on. The 83 team, we won state in, in 83. And, um, you know, for as far as for Fruta, Junction Boys got to the final four in, I believe it was 94, 95 around there. I think it was 94, 95 season. But they got to the final four and lost a heartbreaker to Denver East, an absolute heartbreaker where a lot of people saying the same things about that Grand Junction team back then that they said about Fruto Monument. Not that good. Don't play that great of competition. And the feeling was is that there was no way that the Tigers should be in the final four, and there they were. And they got a steal, missed a layup late that would have given them the win. And... um, I remember, I think, was it 
might have been J.B. Bickerstaff was on that team that, that played for Denver East. But but it was uh, Dan Beck and Coyote and Chris McRobbie, Brian Pulsifer, Mike Bilger, Lonnie Jones. I mean, it was an outstanding basketball team that Jim Schaefer had back then. But for Fruit Monument, I was 25-1, and one, matched what Central did in terms of wins, didn't didn't go all the way like Central did with that game with that team with uh, coached by Steve Phillips and, and Jay Ganyu and Jason Frank and Matt Anway and the Prontos and uh, Brian Rooks is on that team John Sedanich that uh, they went all the way and won won the state championship but they did match the the win total for Central from that season so tough finish give Fruit a lot of credit I remember they were down fourteen to Highlands Ranch in the first half. They came back in that one in the opening round and and came back to to win that game, and they darn near did it again last night. And they darn near did it again last night. Just a a remarkable season for Michael Wells in his first year coaching the Wildcats, and they're going to have their top two guys back in Daniel Thomason and Jed Wells. There you go. So they can find somebody to replace the double digit scoring and and the rebounding efforts of Max Orchard. Fruit is going to be just fine heading into next season. So congratulations to them. Uh, a sensational season that, that comes up just a little bit short last night in the grade eight. And then the Montrose girls, they're in action tonight against Roosevelt rematch of last year's Sweet 16, where uh, the Red Hawks and Steve Skiff went to Roosevelt, lost that game against uh, Kyla Collier, the, the big 6'2", now sophomore, then freshman. She had 21 points. And we'll have that over the monkey tonight. Uh, that's uh, 95.7 here in the Valley, but uh, 93.5 in Montrose. Matt Meyer will have it from the Denver Coliseum tonight, our pregame at 6.45 for that. And also Plateau Valley Boys in a regional play in 2A, taking on Wiggins tonight, 5.30 Colburn for that one. So there's still a couple of Western Slope teams, Rangeley also um, in action as well, but a couple of uh, teams closer to our, our locale in our area in action tonight uh, in the girls' in boys' state basketball tournaments, the regional tournament for the Plateau Valley boys. All right, so uh, you can text or call the show today, uh, 970-242-1340. Both uh, the Nuggets and Avalanche win on Thursday night. Nuggets in a back-to-back. And they do it. Yeah, and they do it, and they take down the the team they beat in the NBA Finals, the the Miami Heat. I don't know if you had this uh, note or not, but with last night's win, Michael Malone, is now second most all-time in wins as a head coach in franchise history, surpassing George Carl. Incredible stuff. 445 wins. Doug Moe is still your number one all-time wins head coach at 456. So that means that Michael Malone needs to win 11 games (laughs) between now and the end of the regular season to be the number one all-time winningest head coach that, in Nuggets that's, history. That's, that's going to happen. Yeah. Safe to say that's going to happen. That's a pretty safe bet there. Yeah, I would I would lay I would lay money on that, but that's going to happen for uh, for coach Malone moving forward. All right, so 707 and text or call us 970-242-1340 and uh, this morning your chance to play uh and win with yes. one of the world's Tyler France and also Wrigley Field, Colorado Sports Trivia. It is a Nuggets question today, by the way, so I'll give you a little heads up on that. Who's the second all-time winningest head coach? No, no, we're not. that's not the question. No, I, I wouldn't. You know what? If I, I hadn't seen that, and if I had, that would have been the question today. 
But here we go. But here we go. But that is not the question. So you can file that one away. It's not going to do you any good to win the Wrigley Field gift certificate because that's not the question today. All right, 708, Jim along with Cake today. Also, we'll have our uh, Mav Spotlight. Uh, you interviewed Ethan Menzies of the Mavericks yes. basketball team. What a journey he's been on with the knee injury, getting himself back on the court after uh, missing months and months and months uh, of rehab you or know, rehabbing and trying himself back in the floor for the Mavericks and trying to have an impact on this team as they make their their push to try to win a national championship. And you know, first things first, they got Western tomorrow night, senior night to wrap up uh, yep. the season, the regular season. Then, of course, the RMAC tournament starts on Tuesday with both Maverick basketball teams right now. They will be hosting in the first round. The whole tournament, that's still very much up in the air. Both Maverick basketball teams could very well be at home for the entire RMAC tournament. We shall see, though. Some things, we'll, we'll dive into that a little bit later on. Have to, uh, Maverick women pretty much have to just kind of hold serve here. They beat Western. They're in a good spot, and they need Adam State to lose. Um, Adam State's what, at Colorado School of Mines tonight, I believe. We're going we're gonna to find that out and here, then, Chief. And then the Maverick men need Fort Lewis to lose. Because they're tied, but Fort Lewis has the tiebreaker because they have the one against the Mavericks. And they're only meeting this season. So tonight, for you RMAC basketball fans, Shadron's at, <coughs> excuse me, sorry. Shadron's at South Dakota Mines. CSU Pueblo's at UCCS. Fort Lewis is at the Roadrunners. Christian is at Black Hills. Highlands is at Regis, and Adams State is at Colorado School of Mines. And that's the one you want to... Yeah. <laughs> that's your... Keep That's, your your attention on for the Maverick women. For the women. Now for the for the men, same same deal. Uh the thing to the thing that's gonna be interesting to watch tomorrow is Fort Lewis will be at Colorado School of Mines tomorrow night. For the men, that's the one where and it pains me to say it, you're cheering for mines. You're absolutely cheering. You're cheering for mines and in both games, with the games with the game with Adams for the women, and likewise for Fort Lewis and the men. So, mine so tonight. Li- listen women. up, nerds. Yeah, nerds, don't screw this up for us. Come on, come on, Colorado School of Mines. Come on, guys, help us out here. I know normally you don't like to do that, and but, uh, and but this time would... please do, and it benefits you. You get a W. I don't know how much it really improves their position as far as the RMAC tournament goes necessarily, but you go into the postseason with a win. Don't you want that, Ordiggers? Don't you want that momentum? I would think you would. See, and, and here's the thing too, right? So they're, they're fifth on the women's side, fifth in the RMAC. The top four seeds at least get the first round home game. So there's there's motivation there. So you, you know... And then on the, you know, on the men's side, they're third. So, you know, beating Fort Lewis would put you into second, and that at least puts you in a position where you're at least guaranteed for sure one home game for that first round. And then we'll see where the rest so of the tournament There's motivation up. there for the Oradigers. We don't have to pump this up. Or they, 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 they have their own motivation. Their own selfish reasons why they want victories this weekend. Plus, you know, the thrill of victory. 
Exactly. That's its own motivation. do not want the agony of defeat. No. And nor do we for them because it benefits Colorado Mesa. Exactly. All right, 7-12, and it is time for... What's happening? It's brought to you by ComWest, your technology service partner. One call, one team, one goal, helping your business grow. ComWest is serious about your business's IT services and support. For the past 20 years, they have remained dedicated to providing business owners with the right technology solutions and services for each stage of their growth right here in Grand Junction and along the western slope of Colorado. At ComWest, they're not looking for work. They're looking for a partnership. Servicing western Colorado, Grand Junction, Fruita, Clifton, Montrose, Delta Rifle, and more ComWest Technology Service Partner Program is tailored a uh, tailored program that proactively supports your voice and data needs by having them as your technology partner. You'll have the ease and convenience of reliable technology support with having to hire in-house staff. Call them today at ComWest. Everybody has a phone, business phone system. You, you, everybody relies on the internet for their oh, business. Yeah. Call Nathan and the professionals today at ComWest, 970-242-8142 or go to ComWestCorp.com. All right, you want to let's go ahead and lead off with the avalanche. We'll do that. Do you want to cue the music for me? I got you. And <laughs> oh, hang on. Three, two, two. All right. So, uh, avalanche star Nathan McKinnon reached 100 points, and young Colorado goalie Eustace Annan had a night he'll never forget, leading the avalanche to a 5 0 win at Chicago Thursday night. McKinnon had a goal and an assist with Zach Parise scoring two goals for Colorado. The story was the play of the Avs' young backup goalie who stopped all 24 shots that he faced last night. It's a big one, right? Your first NHL win is always a big one, just like a forward scoring his first goal, and I'm sure his first shutout is going to be something that he doesn't forget. I love the way our team played in front of him, real good conscience work ethic, checking details. Colorado coach Jared Bednar, the win pulls the Avs into a second-place tie with Winnipeg in the Central Division. Colorado trails, trails Dallas by two points for the division lead. Also, the Denver Nuggets won their fifth straight game since the All-Star break. With a 103 to 97 victory over Miami and Denver Thursday night in a rematch of last season's NBA Finals, Michael Porter Jr.'s double double of 30 points and 11 rebounds paced the Nuggets. With Nikola Jokic adding 18 points and 11 rebounds. We won to win every game. It was a tough. Uh, it was a tough uh, back-to-back for us. Um, they play with a lot of speed and, uh, and poised on the both end on the floor. They are really aggressive and they are they are they are not quitting. Mm, they know what they're doing, and it's always hard to play against that team. Some bad news for Denver with guard Jamal Murray injuring his right ankle in the first half after landing on the foot of teammate Aaron Gordon. Reggie Jackson replaced Murray in the starting lineup to start the second half. Murray's status is uncertain for tomorrow night's game in L.A. against the Lakers. Season came to an end last night for the Fruit of boys basketball team falling to Eagle Crest in the 6A grade 8, 61-53. Wildcats fought valiantly after trailing by as many as 20, climbed back within three late in the game. Unfortunately, they could not get any closer, and after the game, Fruit of coach Michael Wells said a different strategy might have helped change the outcome. Proud of the kids. They fought all year. We didn't have the greatest start. You know, I think we were a little tight, a little rattled by the physicality of the game. I probably played too much zone in the first half because I thought we needed to contain them out of the paint while we struggled to rebound out of it. We had to play more man, and we did a better job on it. Daniel Thomason of the Wildcats finished with 18 points. Jet Wells added 13. Fordham Monument ends the season with a record 25-1 and with the uh, school's first grade-8 appearance since the 1980s. The Montrose girls basketball team gets a rematch tonight with the team that knocked them out of last season's 5A tournament when the Red Hawks played defending state champion Roosevelt in Denver. Montrose fell to the Rough Riders 58-37 in last year's Sweet 16 with Kyla Hollier's 21 points leading the 
Roosevelt Rough Riders. Red Hawks head coach Steve Skiff says the Rough Riders return everyone, including their leading scorer in the 6-2 sophomore, Hollier. You know, for us, it's going to be, you know, a tough task, but I think we're up for it. You know, that's one thing I told my assistant coaches um, this week. I go, you know, I, I, we're pretty dang good ourselves. And so we're going to go in there with a lot of confidence, and, and I think it's nice getting them on a neutral floor in the Coliseum. And You can hear tonight's game with Matt Meyer from the Denver Coliseum. Pre-game at 645, and the Monkey catch the game in Montrose at 93.5 FM or online at 957themonkey.com. The 20-1 Plateau Valley Boys basketball team hosts 7-13 and 13 Wiggins as the two-way regional round begins tonight. Cowboys fell to Ray in last year's state tournament before, before going on to beat Crowley County and Golden Valley Academy to claim the consolation title. Plateau Valley forward Parker Ralston says they feel better prepared for a state championship run this season. Last year we didn't have experience and we we're still young. And this year we got the experience and know what is needed to be done to be at one of the top teams. Tip-offs at 5.30 tonight. In Colburn High School Wrestling, all conference selections are out for girls wrestling. D51 Phoenix earned seven first-team all-league selections. And uh, and also a second-team selection, Phoenix wrestlers making all-league included Marissa Martinez-Quezada, Anaya Guajardo-Zarate, Harley Prater, Violet Gray, Shiley Tuzon, Clarice McCoy, Adelaide McNeil, and Molly Darren. Boys wrestling, all Southwestern League honors broke down like this. Fertile Monuments. Kel Unrein, Oren Meese, True Tobiasen, Sean Franz, and then Tatum Williams earned first-team honors. Gage Shalowitzki and Benjamin and Braxton Romero, Will Stewart, Trent Target, and Tucker uh, Manuel all were second-team selection centrals. J.P. Espinoza, William Dean Hassan-Mains, Jeremy Griffith were first-team. Elijah Hernandez and Zach Knowles were second-team. Grand Junction had three wrestlers selected. Murphy Harris and Spencer Bacady were first-team. Connor Geiler made the second-team all southwestern league and the cover mesa softball team has won eight straight and they play at armac rival cover christian this weekend either the mavericks and cougars have won either one of those schools have won the regular season title the last seven years and at least one of those teams has made the tournament championship game in the last six years including both last year Mavericks head coach Mercedes Bote says they will not be intimidated at playing at CCU. We played the Armac tournament at their field last year. Uh, we played six games. We had the most wins because we went four and two, but uh, we went the losers bracket, so that's why we had to play so many games. Um, so we're really comfortable with that field. Uh, we had a lot of uh, good experiences there. All right. What's happening? And that wraps up what's happening. Brought to you by ComWest, your technology service partner. If you need IT help today, give ComWest a call. Let them help your business. Let them partner with you. Call them today, 970-242-8142, or go to commonscorp.com. All right, we do have a big announcement. Oh, it's got to play this. Got to play this because it's a big winner. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the contest. It's another winner on the Team Sports Network. Congratulations to Mike Lands. Mike is the winner of the never-ending contest this month. Now, this is a contest we do with all of our radio stations. So any time that uh, you win a contest on our program, could be any of the contests, you're qualified for the never-ending contest. And so congratulations to Mike. Yes. He wins $5,000 worth of fencing products. Can go toward a pergola, uh, custom gates, uh, the electric gate operators as well, a log archway, any of those things. $5,000 goes towards any of those products from England Fencing in Montrose. So congratulations to Mike Lands. He is our never-ending contest winner. So Mike uh, has won plenty here on the radio station. Uh, one of our uh, fine P1 listeners. So congratulations to Mike Lands. He is the never-ending contest winner. And thank you 
to uh, the folks at England Fence in Montrose. Yes. All right. So we will take a break. We'll come back. Abs and Nuggets both win last night. We'll dive into that. Uh, we'll also have sound check. And we'll bring you the, the post-game interview that uh, that the Buckeye boy did, Rio did, with uh, Michael Wells after Fruit of Monuments game last night in that loss to Eagle Crest. Uh, that's on the way. Text line, it's always open for you. Text or call, 970-242-1340. Craptastic. Not just crap. The team presents The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, The Team. Welcome back, 724. What? Just doing a little... No, I love little, it. A little boogie in the chair, man. It's, it's a Friday. Yeah, it's a nice day today. It's Friday. I was going to say. You know, Enjoy it while it lasts, because then apparently Sunday it's going to be um, a little little snowy, yeah. wintry, Colorado-y. A little, little cruddy. Coming up on Sunday. There you go. That's good. No, I mean, I, at least I, I don't quite do like the truffle shuffle thing like Buckeye Boy does. Uh, yeah, just, you know, just doing a little. Just a little, just a little dance. A little very much white man overbite. Very. Little, little shoulders going. There you go. Just side to side. Just love it. All right. Another, another case like yesterday with you putting the cream cheese on your bagel. That it, Sometimes you wish we had cameras. Yeah, and because people go, oh my gosh, he's a terrible dancer. It's horrible. Man has, man has no rhythm. Is he okay? It's gonna be, is he having a seizure? Is that guy all right? Do we need, do we need to call a, an ambulance for that guy? Who here knows CPR? Yeah, who knows? Who knows Who knows CPR? Ah, my arm. Ah, it's broken. <laughs> all right, 725. Uh, Avalanche uh, getting the win last night. Uh, Colorado, a 5 to nothing win in Chicago. Zach Parise paying... Some dividends for the Avalanche. Yes. couple goals last night. Nathan McKinnon gets to 100 points. But probably maybe the, the, the bigger story of all of this is Eustace Hannon. 24 shots, 24 saves last night. Gets his first ever NHL shutout in the 5 nothing win last night. And for a, for a team that's uncertain about the backup position to Alexander Georgiev. It, it's not like last night's performance nails it down. That up, oh, that they're that problem solved. Eustace Annan's a guy. Prospetov's been playing well with the Eagles, and so there's some feeling right now that I think Prospetov's won like his last eight games or something like that with the Eagles. There is a feeling, at least with what you've seen from Annan lately, that maybe the Avalanche. When the March 8th trade deadline comes, maybe they won't be necessarily pursuing a backup goaltender. Doesn't mean they won't be. But there seems to be a sense now, a little, little bit from, you know, I, things you hear from Jared Bednar that make you feel like maybe they feel more comfortable with an in-house solution. And the other thing, too, is as has been pointed out several times, with Val Nachushkin potentially returning before the, the March 8th trade deadline, that opens up some options for you in terms of what positions you you may want to go after. Because I think at some point Chris McFarlane 
has to at least make a move to show that he's committed to making a deep postseason run because you're going to need depth for a team like the Avalanche that has been, unfortunately, injury-stricken at times this year. The main concern is can you have enough pieces in play to make a deep playoff run again like you did in 2022 and having the choose can come back means okay we can maybe look at some other options you know a second or third line guy and may or maybe then you'd still like to go backup goaltending route because you look right now at the athletic they have their power rankings and florida's your number one team avalanche your 10th wow and they were they were 10 last week and they feel like the the athletic their nhl riders that a second line center is the priority there you go and then last night was the first time since november 18th that ross colton and ryan johansson scored in the same game they need more of that from both those guys especially johansson agreed and so it, this, the, the focus now at the trade deadline may dramatically shift from backup goaltender to a second-line center. Because you've, you've got to find some, some secondary scoring, some additional scoring. To, I mean, McKinnon, McCarr, Rantanen can't, can't carry this all the time. And that's where Zach Parise, which has been a very low-cost yeah. acquisition for the Avalanche, has paid off nicely so far and say got him right around the all-star break. You know, your, your team's ahead of the avalanche as far as the, the athletic rankings, Winnipeg's ninth, Edmonton, Vancouver, all Western conference foes, Toronto, where the avalanche blew a two goal lead against the other day and lost. Not great. With Bertuzzi's hat trick, Toronto, Boston's fifth, the Rangers, Carolina, Dallas, the Avalanche throttled the other night, five to one, and then the Florida Panthers. So, with what we're seeing from Annan, like so that that may change the direction Chris McFarland and Joe Sackett go moving forward. That remains to be seen if if that is exactly what they do. But Annan last night, like I said, stopped twenty four shots, stopped all twenty four that he faced last night. You also had a great performance from Jack Johnson last night. Sometimes Jack Johnson, kind of the forgotten guy. Yeah. Uh, had a set up a Zach Parise goal last night, then came up with a big play to stop Connor Bedard, of course, the, the rookie phenom for the Blackhawks uh, from a scoring chance. Another big play at, at the, the defensive blue line as well. They got a two-on-one going. That set up the other Zach Parise goal. So Jack Johnson played really well last night. Oh, yeah, then there's Nathan McKinnon. That guy. 100 points, goal and an assist last night to get to 100 points. And uh, after the game, Avs coach Jared Bednar with some thoughts about what he saw from his team in last night's victory on the road in the Windy City. You you know, you talked about you like his last couple games, good to see him get the result, obviously. Yeah, love it. Love to see it. I mean, it's a big one, right? Your first 
NHL wins, always a big one, just like a forward scoring his first goal and I'm sure his first shutout, it's going to be something that he doesn't forget. I love the way our team played in front of him, real good conscience, work ethic, checking details. Um, but yeah, he, he looked great again, just looked confident, big in the net and uh, really happy to see him have that, get that result tonight. And he's been putting in a lot of hard work, right? And his starts have been getting better and better. A young guy coming into the league and to be able to come in and do that, I think it's impressive. This team in general, did you feel like you guys are building on the last couple of games? Yeah, I, I liked what we did, you know, like I thought didn't come easy. We had to work for it. Um, with and without the puck, they're a speedy team. They can make some plays, but I thought again the conscience was really good from our team on the checking side of things, and they got dangerous enough to to capitalize on a few of our chances. So I, I thought again, kind of building on what we've been doing since the road trip. All right, so there's Jared Bednar, Avalanche. They take on Nashville in Nashville tomorrow, four o'clock, for that one for the Avalanche as they've moved into a tie with Winnipeg. For second place in the Central Division, just a couple points behind the Dallas Stars right now in the division standings. And so last night you had the Nuggets back-to-back, beat the Kings the night before, and then they faced the Heat last night, an NBA Finals rematch. And uh, the Nuggets getting the victory last night at Ball Arena. Uh, Outstanding night for uh, Michael Porter Jr., 30 points, 11 rebounds. Nikola Jokic wasn't shabby, wasn't a triple-double. Just taking the night off, I guess. Uh, right. 18 points, 11 rebounds. Uh, the the Nuggets uh, getting the win last night over Miami, 103-97 to 97 last night. But as we reference, some less than great news in regard to Jamal Murray. Injuring his right ankle in the first half. He kind of made a pass and kind of landed awkwardly on the foot of, of Aaron Gordon, rolling his right ankle. Um, Reggie Jackson replaced Murray in the starting lineup in the second half. And he's going to go through treatment, Murray is. And there's hope that he might be available for the Lakers game at L.A. tomorrow night. But that remains to be seen right now, whether or not he'll be he'll be good to go for that one. But Let's hope the, so. But with the Nuggets, impressive. And when it, when it comes to, once again, back-to-back, taking on, you know, taking on the team that they beat in the finals last year, and uh, Denver went out and, and got the job done last night. So one of the things that, that has come up, or that came up last night, was Nikola Jokic when he um, he tried to draw a three-point shot foul by going into shooting motion in his own backcourt. Jokic is like 75 feet away from the hoop as Miami's Duncan Robinson fouled him late in the game. Jokic was adamant that he should have been given a, a third free throw. And so Nuggets coach Michael Malone, after the game in my nine years to Nicola, you know how many times that's happened? I think what happens is the refs are just looking at the location. Well, there's no way you'd be shooting a jump shot from 75 feet. But for me and for Nicola, forget the location. If I'm in my upward shooting motion, it should be a shooting foul. It should be three free throws because it's a 75-foot three-point attempt. I just want to make sure the league knows Nicola works on 75-foot pull-ups <laughs> after practice every single day. Somewhat tongue-in-cheek about uh, that. Yeah. And Malone went on to say the refs have a really hard job, especially in a game like that where it's a slow half-court physical game. Each position, each possession is 
mano a mano. It's a very hard game to to referee. But that's what I see in those plays is that he's smart. He knows they're going to foul. So he goes up into the shooting motion. I don't think he's ever been rewarded free throws once, and hopefully that will change at some point. And, and I think Malone's right when he says that the refs are just paying attention to the location because the guy's in his backcourt. You're not going to necessarily shoot from there because that's, well, yeah, that's stupid. It's a terrible shot. But if you're going to, it's, it's a tough decision to make you an official because he's 75 feet away. And I get it. Dude's yeah. got some range, but, but that, also, that's, not, that's not what we call a quality shot. And when you do that, is it is a little bit like like flopping, where where you over exaggerate what you do to gain an advantage? And the NBA has been very adamant about trying to stop flopping, and that's been a point of emphasis for officiating and and those kind of things. It's tough because he's going into a shooting motion. Right. If you're going into a shooting motion, doesn't matter where you are on the floor. But again, are you are you just you have no real realistic shot at making that particular shot? Should they call a foul on that? Yeah, you know, it, it's the it's the uncatchable ball in the NFL. Right. It's and it's 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 a tough call. And and really, truly, we're only only really debating it being a tough call because as something that Coach Malone pointed out there in that piece you read, Nikola Jokic does not draw the same number of fouls against him. So, like, players fouling him, he does not necessarily draw as many as your LeBrons, your Westbrooks, your, you know, your whoever's of the world, your Embiid's. And we see his arms are all scratched up and oh, yeah, bloody and that one there's that one scrape on his arm that's been there for for weeks and weeks that, and weeks. Yeah. Like where did that come from, you know? And uh and I'm concerned he's put a topical on it cuz it doesn't look like it's getting better. It's that, no. that, that one's yeah, that that's, one's, uh, you know what I'm talking about is on his bicep. Yeah, yeah, yeah or his tricep, excuse me, that looks like it's been there the entire season. But, yeah. it looks like, but it looks fresh. It looks angry. I don't know. But it's been there a long time. But yeah, I, it's, but it also, here's the thing. It speaks to the savvy of Nikola Jokic. Mm-hmm. Of, well, I'm in my shooting motion. Why wouldn't, <laughs> I, why, why wouldn't I get three free throws there? I'm, I'm beyond the arc. I'm trying to shoot the ball. So what at 75 feet away? I should be rewarded free throws. I attempted a shot. Duncan Robinson fouled me. He puts he puts the officials in a position to make a decision. And so far they've not they didn't reward him for that. But it's I just think it's part of the the, the cleverness of Nikola Jokic. Yep. Trying trying can I get away with this? Up oh, up shooting motion. Three that that's that beyond the arc. It's that's free. Three free throws, right? Yeah, they haven't, they haven't, uh, they, haven't uh, they haven't bought into that just yet. Uh, by the way, when the Nuggets uh, take on the Lakers, that um, 
an overtime win Thursday. LeBron James moved within nine points to become the first 40,000-point score in NBA history, which means LeBron James is probably going to make history tomorrow night against the Nuggets. Yeah, well, we swept him in the uh, Western Conference Finals, so yeah. you know what? He can have this one. So, you know, look, tomorrow, uh, it's maybe premature congratulations to LeBron James. He's going to score nine points tomorrow night. I mean, it's going to happen. So, yeah, 40,000 points. Pretty incredible. Uh, he's averaging 25 points per game. He hasn't scored fewer than 10 points in a regular season game since 2007. <laughs> Whether you like LeBron or not, that's pretty darn good. That is pretty, pretty, pretty impressive. And uh, I don't know if you caught this or not. Thomas Bryant got his ring last night. Remember Thomas Bryant? Oh, yeah. He was with the Nuggets for like a hot second. Yeah. Well, Thomas Bryant, who's with the Miami Heat, got his ring last night. And then promptly was escorted out of the arena because Uh he's suspended. Uh (laughs) Suspended players can't be in the arena. They did make an allowance for him to go and get his ring before the game in a a ceremony like Bruce Brown did when he came with, with the Pacers here a few weeks ago. And so he got his ring. And then promptly got left, shown, got shown the door. Talk about awkward. No, no kidding. Bryant watched a video tribute on the big screen. <laughs> for what? From like, his car? For what? For what? Like his what? Three? three like on an iPad somewhere? Three, three, well, he was there. He watched it. He was he was in the arena. But like what? The three the three buckets that he scored as a nugget. I mean. He barely played for them, which, all right. Got a nice uh, hug from Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Crowd cheered. Hey, way to go, Thomas Bryant, for the, like 18 games that for, you played. Yeah. Something like that. Anyway, that was uh, part of the story last night for the Nuggets and the win over the Heat. But uh, in the case of the back to the Jamal Murray thing, you've got to hope that's nothing real serious. It doesn't appear to be a high ankle sprain, which is good. Yeah. But um, Jamal Murray, healthy Jamal Murray, we've seen what a big difference he is for this basketball team. Championship level difference. Um, for sure. If he's if he's on the floor with Nikola Jokic. All right, 741. Jim along with Cake today. Text or call us on the team line, 970-242-1340. It's time for sound check. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. So, normal... Excuse me. Sorry. Frog in my throat. Going through puberty, Junior? Apparently. Normally on Jeopardy, the the interview, the contestant portion of Jeopardy, it's kind of take it or leave it. I usually skip through it in my DVR. Tournament of Champions this week, though, on Jeopardy, and we got a refreshing moment of honesty from one of the uh, contestants in the Tournament of Champions. 
Jake Diaruda, originally from Ludlow, Vermont, is a brewery routing assistant. What did you do with your winnings? Jake, you, you had quite a streak. <laughs> so I was, 20, I was 23 when my games aired last year, so I did what anybody under the age of 25 would do, and I promptly spent the check on sports gambling and women and alcohol. And by that, of course, <laughs> okay. and by that, of course I spent 20 bucks on a college football pick'em that went horribly wrong, uh, 20 bucks to take my date and I to the top of the Gillette Stadium Lighthouse, and uh, several four-packs of hard cider to get through the awful Patriot season that I endured. <laughs> <laughs> Gambling, women, and booze. Except it was 20 bucks on a pool, 20 bucks to go top of Gillette Stadium, and hot cider. Get out some wicked hot cider. It's a rough year for the Pats. And you know what, though? I get it. My football team for the last eight years hasn't been great like they once were and and our team lost the patriots as well this is also true but you know what you had tom brady for 20 years you had one of the greatest dynasties in sports history you can have a bad season get over it sorry that's just my that's just my my inner grievances being aired but there you go Win Jeopardy, spend it on, spend it on gambling and hard cider, hard cider, and suffer through a Patriots miserable freaking season. Go Pats, go Pats. Not really, not for us, no, not no, just for. No. All right, uh, seven forty-four, and uh, Fruit of Mama Boys uh, unfortunately losing to Eagle Crest last night in the six A Grade Eight, and uh, we'll have uh, the interview that uh, Rio Van Gilder did with Fruit of Mama Coach Michael Wells after the game last night. That's coming up next on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network, online at team1340.com. They need a wake-up call. Call or text the Jim Davis Show on the Chick-fil-A team line, 970-242-1340. Welcome back. Jim along with Cake today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, most trusted name in automobiles. Season comes to an end for the Fruit of Boys, an incredible season. It ends with a 25-1 record. They lose in the 6A grade 8 last night at the Denver Coliseum to Eagle Crest, 61-53. And after the game, Rio Van Gilder, a.k.a. the Buckeye Boy, talked with Fruit of coach Michael Wells. Here with head coach Michael Wells, the Fruit of Wildcats falling to Eagle Crest in the grade 8. First, it was a 20-point game there in the third quarter. It's kind of empty solace right now, but to get it to three points at one point speaks volumes about kind of the character of your team. Uh, I'm proud of the kids. They fought all year, right? Um, we didn't have the greatest start, obviously. Um, you know, I think we were a little tight, a little rattled by the physicality of the game and some of the things they did. But, you know, we kind of came in at halftime and just said, we've been here before, guys, just two games ago. If we just will defend and rebound. Um, I probably played too much zone in the first half because I thought we needed to contain them out of the paint while we struggled to rebound out of it. So we had to play more man uh, late, and we did a better job on it. And so I probably stuck in that too long and put us in a bad position, but we just couldn't rebound out of their zone or out of our zone. Um, and then we, you know, we finally got into some actions and finally got into some stuff that we were able to convert a little bit. We got Daniel inside and, you know, I think we slowed down with our guards a little bit, but just a little too, little too, little too late. Free throws kind of end up making a difference a little bit in that one. Uh, certainly. I mean, you got Daniel and Jet miss 
six between them. Um, what were we, six of 15? You leave nine points on the board, and that's an you know, eight-point game. So you're never going to shoot 100%, but you'd sure like to have some some of those opportunities back and, and some of those early turnovers that led to baskets for them, easy baskets for them. So, you know, at the end of the day, I, I don't think it's one thing. I think it's just a bunch of little things that contributed to it. They have a couple of tremendous scores in King and Barger, but they didn't seem like they were really able to find their footing at any given point. I think you held King scoreless for over a quarter and a half as well. Seemed like you played really well against them, but it's some of their other down roster guys that were getting free behind those other two guys. Well, and, and early we didn't guard Ladavian the first three times he shot, shot the ball. I thought we talked about it all week that he was their best player, but apparently we forgot for a minute. And that's, that's a little bit of the moment, right? Um, that we just didn't do a good job. But then I thought we contained them for the most part. I mean, you're never going to stop those two guys. They're they're insanely good, um, you know, and, and we kind of let you – know, they had some guys that hit some shots that hadn't in the previous two games, and um, they're a good team. They, they had more weapons than I thought, and, and we struggled to get ours going, and it just – it led to too big of a hole to overcome. Got a lot of young guys that have kind of been, been part of this now to be able to come over to state. How does that impact kind of their development moving forward? Well, I mean, it's experiences, right? Um, you know, on the girls' side, we were able to have a couple teams come over here. And, you know, I never would have thought in my wildest imagination that we would have this in our first year. So I think we're a bit ahead of schedule. You know, we lose five great seniors that were a big part of that. But, you know, 13 and 35 are back, and I think that's pretty good for us. Um, you know, and Wilson comes back as well. So you're going to return three starters, and, you know, I could develop some bench guys and that sort of thing. But, um, you know, the goal is to come back so you're more and more used to this environment and this situation, and maybe we start better. We've talked to you the last couple of weeks. The physicality you mentioned it tonight can't really replicate that in the Southwestern League. There's just te- not enough teams, not enough size over there. And when you do it in the preseason, it's now two and a half months later by the time they remember what it's like. How do you, as you go forward, you know, building this program, how's that something that you maybe kind of get them ready for, if at all? Well, it's, it's hard because we go a couple months. we got to try and build the schedule where maybe we can squeeze a couple of these teams in in the middle of the Southwestern League schedule. But they have so many teams in their league, it's tough to get an open spot for them in their game. So it's it's one of those, you know, one of those things that we're going to always deal with. But we got to up our schedule. we got to play more of these teams in the season. we got to play more of them um, in the summer. And, and you know, we gotta, we got to get bigger, faster, stronger ourselves so we can handle it, you know. It, I think at, at every level you know you come february and march the game turns into a more physical thing um whereas in the beginning of the season it's it's called a little lighter and on the western slope it's called a little lighter and so we just didn't adjust to it early enough and and it just it dug us a big hole let's talk about the fight from your team i mean they were down all right so that's um the buckeye boy and matt meyer i'll have yes. a call tonight by the way of uh, the montrose girls in roosevelt over on the monkey 93.5 in montrose 645 pregame for that one so the Wildcats fall last night uh, at the, the Coliseum to Eagle Crest in the, uh, the 6A grade 8. And uh, Daniel Thomason, 18 points, 9 rebounds. He had 4 steals. Jet Wells battled foul trouble. He also uh, got a bloody nose in that game as well. Physical, physical game with Eagle Crest. He had 14 points, including 3 three-pointers. He had 4 steals. Max Orchard, the senior in that group, uh, had a... Uh, 12 points on 6 of 11 shooting. So, uh, but they do return, as Michael Wells referenced, Daniel Thomas in their leading score, Jet Wells, their second leading score, and Wilson Sigmund as well, who had uh, four steals last night, four, uh, excuse me, three steals last night, and four assists for the Wildcats. 
So uh, Ladavian King, who is averaging 17 points per game, uh, Wildcats did a good job of kind of slowing him down a little bit last night. He finished with 15 points, and um, the big post player, Barger, he uh, he had a really big impact on the game. Six eight player last night, and um, the Barger kid uh, played really well for them. Uh, finished with 18 points, 14 rebounds, and three blocks. King had the 15 points and four three pointers for Eagle Crest. So Wildcats finished the season 25 and one. Now, as far as what it looks like for the rest of uh, 6A, just a quick look at some of the other scores from last night. You had uh, number four, Thunder Ridge, beating number five, Rock Canyon. Thunder Ridge winning in overtime, 62-60. to 60. And so uh, they'll take on Eagle Crest. You also had Valor Christian, the sixth seed, beating the third seed, Chaparral, 66-46. to 46. And uh, they face Smoky Hill. Smoky Hill, uh, they upset the number two seed, Mountain Vista, last night. 63 to 62. So uh, they'll get, as I mentioned, Valor Christian uh, in the next round. As far as uh, 6A girls from last night, uh, Legend was a winner. They beat Horizon. You also had Valor Christian knocking off Rock Canyon last night as well. And you had uh, Cherokee Trail beating Mullen last night, 47 to 39 in the 6A girls, grade eight. All right. Uh, Jim along with Cake today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios. Most trusted name in automobiles. It's. Uh, Friday, it's Patchy Friday. We celebrate the start of the weekend. We've got some thoughts about uh, Nuggets and Abs, both getting wins last night. Both appear to be trending in the right direction right now. Got some thoughts on that today. Fruit of Monument falling last night. An incredible season. Let's be honest, one of the greatest seasons we've seen in boys' high school basketball. Here Quite a while summer. here. I mean, they're, they're playing the highest classification. They were the, the number one seed for the first time ever. In, in the 6A ranks and went 25-1 and one and got to the grade 8 and nearly came back from a 20-point deficit to beat Eagle Crest last night. An impressive performance, no doubt, by the Fruit of Monument boys, even though their season comes to an end last night over in Denver at the Coliseum. All right, so text or call the show today on the team line, 970-242-1340. We'll go around the NFL next hour. Where in the world is Tyler Franzen? Uh, also, uh, Tyler's interview with the Mavericks post player Ethan Menzies, our Mav spotlight coming up next hour as well, right here on the Team Sports Network online at the Team1340.com.